Good day. Welcome. What's going on? How the fuck are you? Welcome back to another episode of the Cox Talks podcast, broadcasting live from the seat of my John Deere 8330. I'm in the driver's seat here planting some winter wheat on this fine, lovely day. So pardon the audio, pardon the the lack there of uh, good audio. Um, listen, I'm going to cut to the chase uh, quickly here. Got, got a guest today. Got a guest coming up. I'm going to tell you more about that in a second. To get over some uh, housekeeping here. As you know, questions, comments, concerns, dilemmas, please, by all means, reach out to me at the Cox Talks Podcast on Instagram. Uh, that's where I do most of my uh, conversing with you, Cox Talks Nation out there. It's just the easiest way to get a hold of me. I ain't putting my cell phone number out there for the general public. If you're if you're one of the uh, elite few that have my cell phone, by all means, get a hold of me there. Get a hold of me on Facebook. I can be found on Twitter at Trevor Dofsky as well. That beeping in the background, that is my drill monitor. Um, just engaging things here. Anyhow, listen. Uh, we're going to jump into it. going to be a bit of a longer episode today due to my guest, but I want to take the opportunity here to introduce him. Goes by the name of Reese Hubbard. And let me tell you what, folks. Reese Hubbard is, uh, he's a very good friend of mine. Met him when I lived out in Alberta. And one of those guys that no matter who you are, no matter where you came from, he's just a very easy guy to hit it off with. One of the most laid-back human beings I've ever met in my life. One of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my life. And just an all-around good guy. And I've always said he is um, hes High River Alberta's most interesting man. He's always got something going on. He's always got some sort of fucking scheme going on. He's held every goddamn job you can think imaginable. Reese has probably done it. He's traveled... All over Western Canada on oil rigs, cell phone towers, steamers, boilers, just whatever. Road tripping, rodeos, uh, you name it, he's done it. And uh, you know what? He's As I already said, he's just a good friend of mine and just a good guy to sit down and, and crush some beers with and have a general conversation and pick his brain on some stuff. So without further ado, here on the Cox Talks podcast, let's bring in Reese Hubbard. Okay, folks, here on the Cox Talks podcast, longtime listener, first-time guest, good friend of the show, Mr. Reese Hubbard. Reese, Cheds, Peace, I don't even know what to call you. You got so many goddamn nicknames. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great, Coxie. Great to be here. Uh, It's an honor to be on the pod. Well, you look good, let me tell you, which, I mean, I've always said you're the best-looking Hubbard, so... Doesn't take much right. for you to look good, right? No, goes without saying. Not not a lot of competition there, really. So. <laughs> no, no, there really isn't. So for those wondering just exactly who you are and how you and I know each other, why don't you do the honors and just give a little rundown, a little background on yourself and, and how you and I got to know each other? Okay, well, uh, grew up in a little town, Vulcan. Uh, with a friend of the pod, Rolly McFadden. Uh, grew up in farming and shit like that. And then got 
introduced with this guy. He came, he showed up at hockey with Roland one day and, uh, you know, he fucking showed us all his stuff and he impressed the squad. So he hung around and fucking was just a staple in the lineup for, from then on. <laughs> well, I had, uh, I'd been living in Alberta for a bit and I'd always heard about the fucking Hubbard brothers, the Hubbard brothers, the Hubbard brothers. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, come on. But every town has every town anywhere has like a group of brothers, right? Like here in Oxbridge, we got the George brothers and they're always fighting over who's better looking, who's the better hockey player, who's tougher, who's smarter. Right. And I feel like you and your two brothers, Jesse and Bryce, you know, probably a lot of that growing up as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was always fucking chip on your shoulder to fucking beat the older brothers. Um, Bryce, brother Bryce would never, we fought, we fought so many times, but like he would never fucking, he would die before he taps out in like a sleeper hold or something like that. Like, I don't think I've ever got him. And then, uh, Jesse, you know, we get along good enough that we don't have to fight and he's, he's three years older, so he gets a free pass. Right. So Jesse's the oldest, Bryce is the middle, and then you got you got uh you got baby Reese here, the the youngest, right. the young yeah. buck of the Hubbard crowd. Yeah. Well listen, yeah, like I got to know you and and your brothers uh through playing hockey <clears throat> part thumpers and uh we got some stuff we gotta go over regarding the, the uh the mighty stubble jumpers of the Blackie men's league, but Listen, the, the one of the reasons I had to get you on is <clears throat> something about the Hubbard brothers that always fucking stumped me. Okay, you guys, the three of you, more so you and Bryce, I feel like, than Jesse, but you guys would be around for months at a time, you know, wouldn't miss a hockey game, wouldn't miss a house party, you know, whatever it was, a night at the Flames game or, you know, maybe setting up the fucking gauntlet at Ranchman some night. But then you guys would just fucking like, it's like you would get jobs and you would just disappear for months on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us about like rhyme off to us. I, I claim that now you said you were originally from Vulcan, which I know is correct, but you, you basically spent your teenage years in high river. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So I've always said, like, you are, like, High River's most interesting man solely based on the jobs you've had, the places you've lived, the places you've visited, and so on and so forth. So why don't you kind of break down for us, like, what 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 direction did you go after high school? Oh, okay, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, life is very hard when you don't have a very good education. <laughs> you're, you're not a very smart person. So you got to work a lot harder than the rest of the world. Um, basically, the jobs came from the newspaper, the High River Times, the back fucking classifieds. And I didn't really choose what to do. I the fucking classified ads chose what I got to do. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I mean, well, but you've done it all. You've climbed, you've climbed cell towers. You've worked on oil rigs. You worked in the fucking uh, graph skate factory. Did you not? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, when I you, actually, when you got out of high school, what was your first job? What did you start doing? 
first thing I did was work at that sprung instant structures. So it's like oh, that, yeah. uh, steel, steel skeleton fucking buildings where you put the membrane over top of them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And the one. That was a good, that was a good go. That was a good go. And then, uh, it got to be a lot of traveling and didn't fucking get to be home a whole lot and missed out on all the hockey and all that shit. And so I said, fuck that for a little while and <laughs> uh, moved on to the next one. And so what, so why don't you fill us in? What was after that? Like you just, uh, you, there's you, definitely been a few gaps in my employment history. My resume is fucking about 15 fucking pages long. But, uh, <laughs> After that, I went out, I did, uh, I went out to Saskatchewan and worked on a fucking boiler in the oil patch. Mm -hmm. So they just fucking steam the lines to make sure nothing freezes. So you're basically working in minus 30 fucking weather all year long. And uh, then that didn't really work out. And (laughs) then I went fucking climbing, climbing telephone towers. Right. Which took me to Saskatchewan as well. So I got a big draw to Saskatchewan for some reason. Now, when you were working on the boiler, was that when you were spending some time you were living? Was it Arcola, Saskatchewan? Was that when you played for the yeah. Arcola Combines in the old senior yeah. league? Yeah. Yeah. A little cup of coffee with the Arcola Kisby Combines. <laughs> and uh, we were actually living in an old fucking converted courthouse. So we lived on the top floor of a courthouse. In the basement were two fucking jail cells still there. And that's where the fucking laundry machine was. So you'd go down there and do your laundry next to the fucking jail cells. (laughs) Next, that's that's pretty badass. So that's something I wanted to talk about. Like a lot of your jobs took you to Saskatchewan. Did like were you just drawn to Saskatchewan, or is that just kind of where the jobs were? Yeah, definitely just where the jobs were. Um, my uncle owned a oil field service company out there. So that that's what basically got me in there. And uh, fuck, I would definitely not choose to go work in Saskatchewan if I had the choice. You didn't like it, eh? See, I, we used to go to Saskatchewan. We used to go to Kindersley all the time. And you and I are going to discuss Kindersley here shortly, <laughs> but... I've I fucking loved it, but I um I love Saskatchewan, but I know you also spent some time like you spent a lot of time in fucking Larange, Saskatchewan. Yeah, Larange is actually a fucking. I mean, it's like way off the beaten path. And it's, it's damn near to Hudson thing. Bay, is it? Yeah, not? It's, it's fucking. I mean, it's basically an Indian reservation, a big Indian reservation, right? And uh, but I would say the fucking. The types of work have have contributed into my disliking <laughs> for Arcola. What's it? What was it like climbing cell phone towers? Like what? How? Like what did you have to do? Like fuck, so many questions. Yeah, it was fucking. I mean, you wake up like when we went to Larange, we spent like twenty one days there, and doing this one job, and you wake up. It was in the middle of the winter, and so you wake up. And as soon as the sun is starting to come up, you fucking puffing it up that tower and you got to stop like three or four times because it's fucking it's hard work climbing straight up a fucking 400 foot ladder. 
Yeah, and I would so imagine. You would have two pairs of gloves. You'd put one pair in your armpits and climb up. And then you work and work and do your thing. And then when your fingers start to get cold, you fucking undo your jacket and swap out your gloves. And then you got fucking warm gloves from your armpits keeping them warm. <laughs> and then uh, you don't really fucking get to eat while you're up there. Like the guys can send you up little fucking granola bars and stuff in the yeah. little tote bags and shit like that. Yeah. 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 Couple, na- couple nature valley bars for the boys. Yeah, eh? Exactly. exactly. Hey? <laughs> So what was the tallest? What was the tallest cell phone tower you ever climbed? It would be four hundred feet. So, <clears throat> so obviously you got no issues with heights. No, no, and I mean you just fucking you can't really like they'll they'll sway back and forth and shit like. That. Oh then, fuck! No, thank you. So yeah, you're just up four. there tinkering away in the Saskatchewan wind. Yeah, yeah, waiting because usually the guys on the ground will be uh, like getting everything ready and fucking you do most of the assembling on the ground and then you winch, winch all that up there. And then you fucking fasten it to the tower. And the worst would be when you're, when you wake up and there's like fucking hoarfrost all over the tower. Right. And you just got to fucking get now. Now see, this is something we got to address. Hoarfrost is very much a Western Canada term. What is what is hoarfrost? Uh, well, is that something you like, pick up at ranchman's or is it something <laughs> else? <laughs> you don't want that at ranchman's. That's something you do not want. Um, <laughs> it's just basically super thick snow and ice that builds up overnight when uh, like moisture fucking collects on the med- on the steel. Yeah, it's. Um, it's um it can be quite pretty let's let's call a space yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, sure. it's pretty cool to see but i wouldn't want to be climbing a steel tower through that shit no way no no and obviously you're all harnessed off and shit so yeah like how long would it take you to climb a 400 foot tower like you get better and better at it but it would be yeah like 30 30 to 40 minutes probably that fast eh yeah when you're when you're good at it like you'd start out and you'd fucking take a break every like 30 rungs or whatever and then you get better and and then the type of guys you're working with are pretty hardcore so they're like pushing you to yeah i climb a 60 foot silo here at home and i'm gassed when i get like just gassed Right. Yeah. 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 No, I don't know. But so was that what you say when you were climbing cell towers? Was that when you were at your best for cardio for being in yeah. a good cardio shape? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Is that That's right? Sure. Yeah. Ah, good for you. Good. Well, for you. I never, ever worked out in my entire life. So that was really I, I would have never cool. guessed that finely chiseled machine like you. <laughs> I thought I thought you lived in the gym, to be honest. Well, with you. that's all natural, baby. That's all natural, he says. So you kind of stuck with the the oil game, you and your brothers. Like you're, all, I don't even know what you call them. What you guys like? Are you a mudman now? Did you go to mudman school with like yeah. the same one that Jesse and Bryce went to? Yeah, yeah. So we are mudmen. They kind of changed the name to fluid specialist, but 
fucking Mudman's way cooler name than that. So now, did they actually, or did you just, guy, did you Hubbard boys just come up with all oh, we're fluid specialists to, no, to woo no. the ladies? To woo, no, the ladies. that's what the business card says. That's what it says on the emails, and that's what everything is. So, right. So on. yeah, we went to Houston for three months, and that was a good time. Fucking big old metropolis of Houston. Um, actually the first fucking first week I was down there, uh, it was like the first weekend, everybody was getting to meet each other and getting to know each other. And we went out to the bar and, uh, this fucking, there's not a lot of games to play in, in Canada at the bar. These guys got like Jenga. And so in the bar, I'm fucking in yeah outside the bar because it's fucking so nice out right yeah yeah so i'm fucking thinking this is pretty awesome and so i can't find anybody to fucking play with me because they just want to drink and then so this one guy comes fucking walking by and i i've had a couple for sure oh yeah so i'm poking him poking him i'm like hey let's go like let's play some fucking jenga no i don't want to play jenga let's fucking play some jenga you pussy and then all out (laughs) out of nowhere he fucking drills me Right in oh. the face, and I just fucking go noodle legs and just pile up in a pile. Just cooled ya. Just yeah. cooled ya. Yeah. Over so, a fucking Jenga game. Yeah, yeah. So that was my first fucking taste of Texas right there. <laughs> you do not fuck with those guys. I learned that quick. I remember I remember you you and Bryce being down there. I don't really remember Jesse going down there, but I I do think I remember hearing that story. I think the guy probably found out that you're probably a sneaky good Jenga player, and he thought maybe you were going to hustle him for some from some of that Texas money, right? That is true. I mean, I like the uh, the bocce ball, the ping pong, you know these fucking useless games yeah that's your jam absolutely so listen i want to talk about oil rigging because here in ontario there's some people that have moved out to work on but nobody here there's no fucking oil rigs in ontario here yeah nobody knows about the oil rigs so when i moved out there in 2007 um the oil the oil industry business whatever was still going pretty strong and that was the first thing i noticed about the the group of guys i fell in to hang out with meaning like you and your brothers and Vince and Chester and all those boys. Right. Yeah. You guys would, like I said, everybody would just come and go come. And I'm like, where the fuck do these guys disappear to? Oh, well they're off, they're off on a hitch or they're off on their rigs or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it was a pretty prevalent thing out of the old fucking high river high school there that you guys, that you boys would just leave high school and go get working on the rigs. Right. Yeah. So break it down for us. First of all, break down for us, um, I guess, the different jobs based on seniority on an oil rig. Like, I know you start out as a roughneck, right? Mm-hmm. Corblun sang a song about it, right? And yeah. then, I don't know, like, there's fucking, there's tool pushes. There's, like, yeah. what, like, break it yeah. all down for us. Because the people right. want to know, Cheds. The people want right. to know. So, your first day out there, you're going to be called a lease hand. Okay. And you are the ultimate bitch you take the garbages out you do basically whatever the fuck anybody tells you to do and that's it you got no responsibilities really you just do that and then the next step would be the roughneck and they do basically everything on the floor the floor is the area around where the pipe is going into the hole 
Right. And you make connections, work tongs. Uh, you're like a glorified bitch. You do a little, <laughs> you got a little bit of pull, but everybody basically gets to tell you what to do. Right. And from there, you would work up to motors, motor hand. And that guy's in charge of fucking changing the oil on everything, making okay. sure everything's running right. You got a schedule to change all the oil and stuff like that. And uh, you'd help out with a roughneck and shit like that. But yeah. Uh, and then you go up to the derrick hand, and the derrick hand goes up the stick, up the derrick, and he racks back pipe, and he's up there when they trip pipe out in and out of the hole. Okay. And uh, and also he's in charge of the mud tanks and all the drilling fluid that they use on the drilling rig, right? Which is which we deal with the most, the derrick hand. And us make sure the drilling mud is just right. Right. And then the next guy would be the driller, who's got the fucking best job of them all. He's in the nice heated fucking doghouse with all yeah. the controls. Sitting in a lazy boy. Sitting in the lazy boy with his feet up and fucking barking orders at everybody. And he's got AC in the summer and fucking heater in the winter. Making big and, bucks. Uh, making big bucks, yeah. But he's got... The most responsibility. He's got to fucking take care of everybody. And if everybody, anybody fucks up, it's kind of on him. Right. Right. So is he the top of the, like, of, of the, I guess, of the rig crew? But then you got your yeah. consultants and shit then like you'd that, go, right? Yeah, you'd go to your tool push, who who is in a shack even further away, who is, uh, is in charge of the whole crew also. But... Uh, he, he's ordering parts for the rig and uh, overseeing that. And then you got the consultant who is hired from by the oil company. The Rod McFadden. Uh, the Rod did, McFadden uh, of yeah. the crew. Yeah, uh, with rocket. the fucking, with the nice shiny white hard hat, the nice clean coveralls. Yeah, brand new truck. Out. Brand new truck. Yeah. 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 I know the he type. comes out and everybody fucking stands up straight and fucking... Make sure they're on their best behavior. Absolutely. So, okay. So break it down again for us. So you're an 18 year old kid. You're coming out of high river high school. You just retired the old Mustang Jersey, right? From the football field. You go to a rig as a, as a lease hand. What kind of money like that? Let's, let's talk about like in the, in the prime of the oil field, not now. Right. Cause I know everything's kind of on a downswing or whatever. Because yeah. of your your buddy in Ottawa there, Mr. Trudeau. Yeah. yeah. But um you're 18 years old, you're fresh out of high school, you say, fuck it, I'm going to get a job on the rigs. What kind of money could you be making as an 18-year-old kid in 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 the oil field prime in Alberta? Well, back when I was a roughneck, um I remember fucking going to cactus corner out there by hannah oh they, yeah good job. yeah you know you know i know so, yeah so i was with dave weeks fucking the d-man legendary guy right there and yeah. uh we would take the old escalade and we'd go to work and we'd stop at cactus corner and get like fucking lunchables and chips and fucking trash to eat for lunch pretty much and i went to the i remember getting my first paycheck and I went to the ATM to get out like $20 and I got my receipt and it said $5,000. And that was like the most money I'd seen as Ever. a 23 year old kid fucking 
trying to make it. So back then it was like, fuck, I want to stay like $30 an hour. All right. And, and you work 12 hours. So you get time and a half after that. So you get $45 for, for four hours a day. Right. And, uh, but, but right now, right now you can walk on as a lease hand and make $45 an hour. Is that right? Yeah. So fuck so, farming. I should just be a killing, lease hand. They're killing for guys actually. Is that right? I would have never yeah. actually guessed that. Well, to be honest with you. Really likes it. And like the, uh, inconsistency of the schedules. Yeah. Is shit too. So like you work for four months and then you're down for three. And right. then they expect you to come back and you never know how much work you're actually right. going to have. So when you guys go to the rig, you call it a hitch. Going out on a hitch. Yeah. How long yeah. how, how long are your hitches? like, Or does it just depend? I've got into a nice schedule now where it's two weeks on, two weeks off, which is like the best. As a, fluid, as a fluid specialist. Yeah, yeah. And then on the rigs, it might be like 20 and 10. 20 days on and 10 days off. Okay. Okay. So let's just for shits and giggles, let's go back to you being, you know, let's say you're 22. Okay. Let's, let's say 22. Yeah. yeah. You're 22. You just come home from like, let's say you hit the jackpot and you got like a nice 14 day hitch, right? And you're coming yeah. home with maybe a nice 20, 20 G's in your pocket. Okay. Yeah. What's a 22 year old kid doing with that money? <laughs> Uh, fucking buying a PlayStation three and a fucking <laughs> big bag of dope. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> and the most expensive fucking hockey stick on the rack because you, know, you can, you can't. Can. And why because the fuck not? It's just like, you just feel like it's never going to fucking run out. Right. And then that's, that's the thing. Like these, the, what they, I swear what they want a fucking young guy to do is go home and buy a truck. Oh, buy yeah. Fucking, so know, many jacked up Dodge Rams. Yeah. <laughs> Toll <laughs> mirrors always at it. Yeah. Toll mirrors always at Because then you're fucking trapped. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling yeah. pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Ripping ruts and banging sluts, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're trapped, like, and you'll never fucking get out of it. Like, you'll either have to sell the truck or you'll have to work the rigs for forever. Yeah, that was something I noticed when I moved out there too. Is like be driving around High River or Okotoks or whatever, and yeah, there'd be all these guys that were younger than me driving around jacked up Dodge Rams or F two fifties, pulling a boat, pulling yeah. a fifty thousand dollar boat behind yeah. them, right? Yeah. And they've already got a house bought; it's not paid for. Yeah, but it's bought, right? And they got they probably got their high school sweetheart knocked up, and she's cheating on him with the guy down the street who's home all the time, right? And I was like, "Is this like what kind of fucking bizarro world is this?" I didn't get it, but I didn't actually realize how much money kids were making back then. Yeah. yeah. So if you were really smart when you were that young, you were putting your money away somewhere, and yeah, maybe buying a house or two and paying them yeah. off. Yeah. In instead of you know taking the the Reese Hubbard approach to life, yeah. or maybe or you know what, let's go one step further. We're taking the Dave Weeks approach to life, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's now, always more money to be made. Now, Dave Weeks is a story in himself, but can you confirm or deny a story about him coming home from a hitch and buying a crotch rocket 
and writing it off on the strip down in Vegas. Uh, yeah, yeah, that definitely happened. Why don't you, why don't like that story's been kicked around on this podcast? Why don't you break that down for us? What well, you I'll know tell you about what it? I know. I'll tell you all I know about it. Okay. Uh, he got a yeah. Him and his cousin, who also had a crotch rocket, they <laughs> they went down fucking to Vegas. It probably took him like four or five hours. Who knows, right? They're flying. Yeah. But as the story goes. There was a coyote on the fucking strip, and he ran into it. Really? And I, and that's that's that's, that's what you heard. That's what I heard. Yes. Yeah. Because I always heard, and it's just like I always use this story for the people back home here, right? Like as your stereotypical Alberta kid with too much money, I was always told that he bought this crotch rocket. He was catwalking it down the strip, and catwalked it right into the back of a fucking cube van. Well, yeah, that's, that's that's what I always heard. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Mine is like the uh, what the insurance company probably. Heard. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, we're just incriminating people here. No big deal. Yeah. But Dave's, uh, a, Dave's a fan of the pod, so he'll be he'll be listening to this. I this, might I'm just sure. have to get Dave Weeks onto the podcast. Yeah, you might have to get it straight straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, we might have because that, like I said, that story has been kicked around on this podcast before. So all, always an interesting yeah. story for sure. And for I know sure. Kyle Parks. Kyle Parks had a crotch rocket for a short time too. Right. And he was he was doing a he was doing some sort of wheelie or something or revving it and, and he he was right in front of the Cowboys nightclub and he fucking <laughs> crashed it pretty much right in front of the big lineup. <laughs> <laughs> and have to pick up all of his pieces and fucking that wouldn't be embarrassing at all eh yeah yeah that was a tough one yeah well no and and like i said back to that's that's my vision of what young kids in the oil game do with all their money they just buy foolish things and yeah and just get themselves into trouble but you steer you steered your way out of it so so what does so you already kind of said it, but what, like, what the fuck is a mud man responsible for? Like you talk about, um, drilling fluid specialist or whatever. Tell us like, what the fuck does a mud man do? Okay. So when you drill the hole, you need fluid to go down the drill pipe. It comes out the end of the bit at very high pressures. And that a lot of that will do the drilling for you breaks up the fucking rock and everything right and that whole fluid that it, it's breaking up the rock and it's lubricating the bit and it's carrying those cuttings out of the well so it carries all the cuttings out they come up the up the fucking hole yeah and then get spit out they go over a screen a vibrating screen and then so the the fluid will fall through and then it's a big fucking like circulating system right i see and Basically, it that fluid needs to be in certain specs, depending on what formation you're drilling in. I see. So, and, and in, like the viscosity, it's got to be either thin or thick. Like you'll drill way faster with a thin viscosity, slower right. with the thick. And then the thicker it is, the the more it will carry the cuttings out of the hole. I see. Okay, so like you gotta. Yeah, you got to formulate the mud, weigh the mud. You got to just, and like you said, yeah. different different types of mud for different drilling, yeah. uh, for the different ground you're drilling into. Yeah, 
Yeah. So basically there's, there's three different types of fluids. There's water-based, which is like the most reactive and will change the most. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, oil-based, which is basically start with diesel. And then mm-hmm. you add fucking your chemicals and, and make it however you want. And then you have brine, which is super, super basically salty. And that salt will fucking uh, like repel water from entering right. into the fucking <clears throat> into the well bore. Okay. I feel like I could go out and fucking drill an oil well here on the yeah, farm now. Like you and I could probably do it right over Zoom here, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. For Burned sure. Up. So all your travels in Saskatchewan oil rigs, uh, boilers, playing for the Arcola combines, fucking doing whatever it is you do. You've ran across some pretty sweet diners, uh, coffee shops, you name it, in Saskatchewan. And it's a big, you know, di- uh, diners and dives and whatever are a big hit on the Cox Talks podcast. We're always talking about little hole-in-the-wall places. And right. I kind of remember sending you to the Coliseum in Kindersley for the lasagna. Yeah. Is yeah. it is the Coliseum now, you told me the other day you're spend, you've been spending a lot of time in Kindersley lately. Is yeah. the Coliseum still open? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I was there today. I didn't go with the lasagna because I don't know what it is. If, if I got like uh, something wrong with me, but it makes me tired. It's a big fucking. It's a heavy meal. It's a heavy helping. And I just wasn't up for it today. Is but, that right? Uh, they're probably the best place in town. There's the Red Lion. That's the bar. Yep. And Grill. Also a good, fine establishment. And um, yeah, that's about it. There's, There's Boston three- Pizza. Yeah, there's coming. a Boston Pizza. There used to be not a bad little place in the KI, the Kindersley Inn. Right. Yeah. There, there was a bad. Down. Oh, it's closed down now. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't survive the COVID fucking ordeal. Now the just the pub or the hotel itself. The hotel's no, probably still be, going strong. It's like the diner. The diner yeah. and fucking the, the pub is still going, and the diner is fucking shut down. I don't. I don't get it. You just hit the Coliseum. Does he, does um does the old fucking guy still own the Coliseum? The short guy that he's bald, I think. Do you know who I mean? I'm pretty sure. I'm sure it's. I see it's the lady. The lady in there, fucking running around. I mean, it's pretty sweet. I mean, it's right in the Esso gas station, right? So you roll in, you get a tank of gas, and have a plate of lasagna, and get oh, on yeah. your way. Yeah, yeah. It's attached to the Esso gas station and the fucking Ford dealership. Oh yes, I forgot. <laughs> right that. in between them. Oh yes, I forgot about that. I'm a big Kindersley Saskatchewan fan. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Kindersley Saskatchewan is probably the white frame sunglass capital of Canada. A lot of white yeah. frames up there, eh? Yeah, yeah. A lot of white white frames. A lot of sweatpants. Um, a lot of fucking like early '90s, late '80s Chevy trucks running around still, <laughs> like. <laughs> lots of fucking trucks i don't know what uxbridge is like but there's a lot of fucking stacks out here on pickup trucks <laughs> there's no shortage of that you don't you don't see many stacks around uxbridge but you do see the odd you do see a kid driving you know yeah the odd late 90s early 2000s yeah you know he's got the truck souped up you know his girlfriend's yeah. bench seat girlfriend sitting in the middle right yeah yeah Pointy toe, pointy toe cowboy boots on. That's yeah. that's been a 
it's been a just it's talk about something that just grinds my gears around these parts it drives me nuts but back to the task at hand what are some of the can you think of some of the best little hole in the wall diners that you've eaten at over over the years and all your travels through Saski? uh well there was a nice little uh bakery slash cafe in arcola like okay. fresh fresh bread every day nice sandwich basically the only spot there and it was it was really good uh carobert has a nice bakery i know you're a big donut guy oh. i had a fucking jelly jelly fucking donut with the sugar coated i don't know what you call it but it was tasty okay they do a good job up there they're bacon on their fucking chicken club was like it tasted like it came out of a Traeger, like smoked. Is that really right? Good. And this is in Carrobert. Yeah, in Carrobert. But the chicken yeah. was not not great. It was like the produce fucking probably not even chicken, but the bacon was outstanding. Have you ever stopped in at the Colville Hotel for some uh, for some eats? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good spot. Good burgers in there, good fries. And I don't know if you yeah. ever noticed the big fucking OV mirror behind the yeah. bar. <laughs> I, yeah. so when we used to go out there to combine or seed or whatever, we always went up because some, most of the land was actually kind of dead center between Kindersley and Colville. So okay. we'd go up to the Colville hotel for lunch or supper. And every time I went in there, I tried to buy that mirror and the, the oh, yeah. guy, they would not sell me that OV mirror. It's still yeah. there. I think you're the first person I thought of when I saw that mirror, actually. <laughs> I think I might have had an OV just for the hell of it. They might have had it. Absolutely. Okay. No, they it have, was... Uh, Go ahead. They do, a, they do a good steak night there. Okay. And uh, they fucking... It's not... It's like they have a couple fucking dishes of like beans and salad Mm-hmm. kind of like a fucking buffet but it's like it's more like you're going to your fucking grandma's house and fucking dishing up yes. your food. you dish it up while they fucking throw your steak on the grill like outside yeah there's, there's like six or seven people in there and there's somebody grilling them up somebody's on the grill and and then somebody's behind the bar and yeah fucking, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm a big fan of just, well, and I've said it, of like small town Saskatchewan for reasons like that. I remember being up there and you could buy a lot in Colville for a buck. You could, <laughs> you could buy a fucking like, like a one acre lot for a dollar. Yeah. But, but I think the deal was like you had to have utilities ran in within a year. And I think you had to actually build on it within three years, maybe. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not. I'm not building a house in Colville, fucking Saskatchewan. So yeah. I'm going to skip out on this little deal here. But yeah. um, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that area out there. And I know the one in, um, well, you, you talked about it, but Cactus Corner, there was always a good little truck stop diner at Cactus Corner there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at Brooks, there was, um, no, sorry, not Brooks, Bassano at the Esso yeah. station yeah. at Bassano right on the highway. Yeah. You could get a really good burger in there with a fried egg on it. And they also had really good fucking cherry pie at the, yeah. at the one in Bassano. Dead, are... Deadly little spots too. Uh, I think you and I maybe discussed writing a book about it one time. Yeah. Yeah. I think these are spots where like, you know, they're good. Cause when there's like 
the same old guys go in there every day and they basically live live out of there. Yeah, it's good and it's cheap. And it's cheap. And yeah, that's the big thing too. That's yeah, because heaven forbid you pay more than a dollar for a coffee, right? Oh, yeah. They wouldn't have it. <clears throat> but one thing about these small towns like Colville and uh and like I mean there's so many small little towns and like none of them have gas stations or anything like that. Nothing. They, they don't even have like a grocery store. They might have like a convenience store or something. So right. I got in a little trouble when I was fucking low on gas out here thinking, <laughs> thinking I could get a fucking tank of gas at anywhere. Right. And uh, I ended up having to go to a farmer's place. I saw the big fucking bulk bulk fuel they had and i just fucking went and hung out there for a while and then somebody came by and i had some cash and bought like 60 bucks worth of gas <laughs> like, that's good though at least you didn't just steal it you know like some punks went to <laughs> out yeah. there right yeah no right so um so you're in kindersley right now yeah yeah holding in- it down right now i am uh living above the music store Okay. So sometimes you get some fucking music lessons during the day. So you got like a little, yeah, like a little apartment there. You're not just put up in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. We were in the hotel and it's fucking expensive. Hard on the, hard on the fucking dollar. And then uh, nice to keep some shit out here, like keep some clothes and fucking. So when you're, when you're on your hitch, you're if obviously you're not way up in northern Alberta or something, so you're not in a camp. So the but the oil company, the 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 company doesn't pick up the hotel tab. You got to pick that up on your own. Yeah, no, they do. They do pick that up, but okay. uh, but still, but they, like like it's it, it's like it's like four thousand dollars to stay in the hotel. Over, right. We're paying. We're so paying do you get when you're out on a hitch then too? So you get your wage obviously, but do you get a living allowance as well? Uh, the way we got it, you get a salary and then you get a rig bonus for every rig you're looking after. Okay. And then you just submit your expenses every month. Okay. I get it. Makes total sense. Get your food paid for and all that. Right on, right on. So the original reason you actually reached out to me regarding the podcast is you wanted to talk about how much of a fucking scam car washes are. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And you said you've been spending a lot of time in the Kindersley car wash and it's got you thinking about what a fucking scam self-serve yeah. car washes are. So why don't you fucking break? I'm eager to I'm I'm interested in hearing this theory on why it's such a fucking scam. Like, okay. I, I mean, listen, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you're going to fucking educate me here. But part of me is also like, I know Reese Hubbard. And this guy's just maybe so fucking cheap. He's just made himself think that it's a fucking scam. <laughs> yeah, that could be part of it. That could be part of it. But I mean, I'm not like, I'm a simple guy. I like like a fucking, I like a rent, uh, a soap rinse. And that's fucking it. Like we got the, <laughs> we got the, we got the pre-soak now. Yeah. What, what's this? What are we doing here? Well, you we got a. You got to pre-soak it. Like it's how it helps the dirt come off easier. Okay. Okay. And then uh, what else is there? Well, I, I know that the fucking, that the, uh, the body shop in town is sneaking in there at night and putting like fucking wire, fucking little wires in the, in the, uh, the brush, the foam brush. 
Oh, so it scratches your truck up. Oh, it's getting these little scratches. You got to take it into the fucking auto body to get that shit fixed. Right. You don't think maybe with all the, they're like the oil traffic, there's just stones and rocks in the brush. Maybe possibility. It's a good possibility. (laughs) Okay. All right. We're just brainstorming here. Yeah. Yeah. And then the biggest thing though here is, uh, is when you go from the fucking, from the soap (laughs) to the rinse, it takes a good, like two minutes for the soap to stop coming out. So you're trying to rinse off your soap and With all you're soap. getting is fucking more, more soap. soap. Right. Yeah, they're just, yeah. just adding time to your timer here. Yep. Yep. Now that's, that's a scam for sure. That's something not a lot of people fucking notice. I don't think, but if you go there enough, you start to see these trends and you get to see what's, what's really going on. So is this a coin operated car wash or have they, have they moved up the ladder and you just kind of tap your credit card there? Yeah. Got a tap, which is nice. Love and, but, tap. but so you got to make sure you press stop though. Cause I got dinged one time. I didn't press stop and I rang up like a fucking $80 fucking car wash bill. Cause I forgot to press stop. And like four people went in and washed their car after me on me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck! So that so that is a big scam then too, yeah. Because if you're waiting on that clean water to come out to rinse the soap off, that's an extra minute, two minutes that's ticking up on your credit card there, Reese. Every every guy that comes in there, that'll that'll add up. Absolutely. I was wondering what's what's your uh, what do you do? What what is your uh, process there? I'm a touchless. Fuck it. Oh, you're a touchless. I just yeah, I don't get out of the truck, eh? There you go. I just I mean if it's. You know what? Sometimes if it's really, if it's really dirty, I'll get out, but I'll just do it just a plain rinse and then I'll go through the touchless. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't have that kind of time to stand there and, you know, wash it down and soap it up with the brush and shit like that. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a touchless guy. Sometimes I'll go through the, the old style where they still have the brushes in there. Yeah. If the truck's real dirty. Yeah. But uh, I do like a clean vehicle. I keep my whips pretty clean, Reese, but uh, yeah. not a lot. Not a lot of elbow grease goes into it. Right, right, right. You no, should sir. see the fucking mud out here, though. Like when you when it rains and you fucking are beating down the least roads, it it's like it's like clay. And then it's, it that shit out there's like yeah, that shit out there's like fucking gumbo. Like yeah, yeah, I remember being out there. I think we were seeding, and it it poured rain for like a day, and we went out to. We thought we were just going to service the tractors up and stuff. And I walked, I don't know, a hundred feet across the field and I couldn't lift my feet off the ground. There's, yeah. th- that shit is heavy. Yeah. It's sticky. It's yeah. gross. We just ended yeah. up, we ended up going back to Alberta, but um, no, I could imagine what it's like out there with all that oil traffic for sure. But uh, yeah, no, not a, not a big elbow grease guy. Touchless for touchless for the kid here. Reese. Gotcha. gotcha. That's the way I roll. So so let's talk about um they've they've been brought up on the old podcast here a couple of times. We talked about how we met and and I guess we met, yeah, during our uh championship run with the mighty stubble jumpers there. If That's I'm right, not yeah. mistaken, right? Yeah. And uh something we wanted to bring up or something I wanted to bring up was um an incident one night where you really set the tone going into playoffs. You kind of, you know, you took it upon yourself to uh, deal with an individual on the other team. And like I said, you really set the tone for the playoffs there. Yeah, I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, 
Yeah, I think we were just kind of having a shit game. Nothing was going right, and uh, we were losing to a far fucking worse team. And, uh, yeah, basically I had to fucking... <laughs> I had to stick up for the boys, the bench, and everybody. And uh, basically this guy fucking... They were winning. It was probably the third period. And uh, this guy comes and he's chirping our bench. And he happens to be wearing Hessler skates with T-Blades. Yeah. And T-Blades. And T-blades. you know what else I remembered? He also had, he was also wearing a cage. I'm quite certain of it. Yeah. He was a fucking bender. Bender, you'd call him. And I mean, we got fucking, we got guys who played three years on the Hitman with fucking Ryan Getzloff on our team. We yeah. got fucking an Estev- uh former Estevan Bruin on our team. Like you just trick, don't trick. fucking no. You just don't talk to us like that. No, you don't. <laughs> and so, so I decided he's got to fucking answer the fucking bell here. And he fucking he definitely answered the bell on me. There. <laughs> I still say you got the better of him. Well, we fucking like he I kind of want it. He it. didn't. He and didn't my, want it. My, he didn't want it. My gloves came off and I kind of went to hit him, but I, he wasn't ready. So I couldn't really hit him. I just, I just don't have it in me to fucking, you know, rope start a guy when he's not looking (laughs) or paying attention. So he fucking, he figured out he was in a fight and then he started fucking just pummeling me and he was (laughs) giving me, I think it was lefts and rights. And I just kind of buried my chin in my fucking chest. And I was just—he was a just big boy, him. though. Like he was a large guy. Hesper's- and I was just in like this fucking hurricane of fucking punches. And then I kind of looked over at the bench, and like the boys were fucking had this look, like "Holy fuck, what did you get yourself into?" <laughs> and so I kind of knew I had to do something. And then there was that moment where there was this fucking small little calmness where he stopped beating on me. <laughs> and I fucking popped up and threw one over the top and fucking thank God it hit him right in the nose and he started bleeding. And then fucking <laughs> the refs came in not too long after that. Mikey Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Who get paid way too fucking not enough to fucking break up fights on a Tuesday night. <laughs> and they broke it up and fucking I couldn't have been happier. The, the two things I remember about that is, well, there's more, but yeah, his T-blades, his cage, you had those fucking blue, they were solid blue gloves on. I don't know. Did you get them from the, from like the Arcola combines? I don't know where you ever got no, them from. No, I don't. I can't remember where those came from. And those cr- were bad. I think this was before we got the Minnesota North Star jerseys, but... Were you fucking wearing number 99 that night? That was when we had the, uh, yeah, the North Stars. No, that was before then. It was the old jerseys. Yeah, that was the red fucking grasshopper stubbles. Because I'll tell you what, there's not many guys that get away with wearing number 99, especially in, you know, in a gritty, a gritty fucking Southern Alberta men's league. Yeah, but, but Reese Hubbard somehow gets away with wearing 99 <laughs> in that league. I don't know how you did it, but I took a little flack from that. From uh, I remember JC Connors fucking questioning that, a few guys like that. But that was, uh, I think it was just sitting there, and I was like, 
fucking with Vince, Vinnie Mac. And I'm like, what the fuck? What should I be? And Vince is like, 99. I'm like, okay, fuck it. Let's be 99. <laughs> Let's be that guy. But you know what? You know what pulled it off? Like you had good gear wear, right? Like you, you yeah. had good gear wear. You looked like you played pro. Like you just, you wore your equipment so well. Right. So I think that's why guys let you away with it. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. because like, and you're a guy that can speak to this, uh, how you wear your gear can make or break a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. Am, am I right? Yeah. 100%. If you got your, your shin pads just right. Um, you know, if you can go tongues out, you go tongues out. If you can't, you don't. You look. You you were a tongues out guy. I went tongues out for a couple seasons for sure. When when I felt like I could do it, I think I tried it one game and it didn't 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 work for me. My shin pads were too big. Yeah, but you gotta have. I mean, I don't know. That's a fucking like tongues out can fucking hurt your ankles too if your shin pads are digging into your fucking ankles. True enough. Yeah. Like you did, you know, you did have a striking resemblance to Mike Ribeiro out there when you were comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Just spreading so unnecessary sauce all over the yeah. rink, right? Yeah, yeah. Just fucking now showtime sometimes. That's right. Now I brought it up and 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 really you you and I know what's going on here, but I've been asked a couple times what the fuck is a power kill? Because I'm always talking about you know. The Cheds Cox chemistry and the power kill. And everybody wants to know what the fuck is the power kill. And I always say, I got to wait till Reese is here to explain it. So for the Cox Talks listeners out there, more so the people from Alberta, they want to know what the fucking power kill is all about. Well, it's kind of this, it's kind of this strange phenomena that happens. It <laughs> <laughs> happens when Trevor Cox and Reese Hubbard get out there on a fucking five on four situation when they are the fucking team that is down and we're, just, we're the penalty killers. We're the penalty kill. And just for some reason, the, uh, the puck is in the opposing teams and the whole time. If not, the they're net. Getting, the goal is getting peppered. Uh, just confusion on the other teams part. Really? They just don't really know what to do. And I don't know if it's the, the vision or the, it's got to be just the the Cheds Cox chemistry is basically a it good can't, it, it can't be touched. Like it's, I do remember the one specific game. I forget who it might have been the same. It might have been the Okotoks we were playing. And yeah, you and I went out to kill a penalty. I think we scored two shorties in the same penalty. <laughs> and we just kept them hemmed in in their zone. And we were chirping and we were scoring. Yeah. And it was like, what the other team's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why? Yeah. These two losers are dominating us right now. And ever, ever since then, it was, yeah, it was a power kill. And I mean, it's, I've never been a part of anything like it ever no. again. And I've killed yeah. a lot of penalties in my day and I've taken a lot of penalties too. Yeah. And I've never even seen anything like it, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just fucking happens when, when some guys just, it. some guys just have it, right? Yeah. Yeah. When they when they get on the ice together, they just you know they just things just click you know like yeah. like Mario and Yarm or or yeah. or Yari and Wayne right yeah the Nazlin or the fucking the Sedins it's kind of well, like the Sedins out there 
maybe not with maybe not quite grit. the Sadines, right? <laughs> but yeah, with a lot more grit, a lot more grit. So, I remember being questioned about it by the State Trojans fucking uh, women's team one night at the <laughs> ranch. <laughs> I I do think that you and I may have used the power kill as a pickup line one night. <laughs> And that might have been the night that the gauntlet was created. The night, um, the night, uh, yeah, we we met a large part of the state women's hockey team. Yeah, they were very was, interested in, in the boys. Well, you one one girl you met, she was a plumber, and I was you know throwing the wheels down on this other girl while I was wearing Rolly's rodeo jacket. Yeah, yeah, that always that never hurts. I think we opened with the power kill and we shut it down with her calling me out for not being a fucking rodeo cowboy. I think that's pretty much how yeah. it shook down, to be quite honest yeah. with you. If I do the say key so to ranchman is the, the nice table there with all the traffic there where oh, everybody's going. It's 100%. like a highway through there and uh, you got you to gotta find the right spot at fucking... We, yeah, we set up shop there quite a few times and it was, you know what it, uh, we had, listen, we all had quite the batting average in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. just, let's just call it as it is. We had a pretty good yeah. batting average in there. Right. So yeah, it's, it's nice when Rolly can show people his, his saddle on the wall. Yeah. That's my saddle up there. That's my saddle up there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, he, you know, he says, see, Rolly says that Henry and I used to steal his jackets right to wear yeah. he really used to give them to us yeah so yeah. that other girls could see how many times he'd been to the cfr that was really the theory behind yeah it, yeah right and you don't want to be going out there in your jacket like then you're then you're kind of pompous but you want the jacket there that's right yeah, yeah. absolutely waving his bar tab around at people you know i got a, I got a bar tab because i got a saddle here eh? yeah. put that on my tab Put yeah. that on my tab. <laughs> Classic McFadden, eh? Classic yeah. McFadden. Oh, love it. So that was actually that was actually the last time you and I got to see each other was at that little cowboy's wedding. And what a time we had. Right. Yeah. What a time we had. It was good to see you and all the boys. And yeah. And that uh, was best night of 2022 for so, sure. I'd say so. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, say so. so. Um, I remember you and um Browning and Sem Cow, and I think I think Jesse, maybe your brother trying to get me to go back to your house at the end of the night, (laughs) but I had a flight the next morning, which was stupid, which was fucking stupid on my behalf. Like bad bad planning. That's rookie. That's rookie shit right there. Right. What time was it at? Well, it was at, um, I think I flew home. Like I left Calgary at two, but I was just like, I knew I'd spent a couple nights out at the bar down ranch there. In our in our younger days, when I was yeah. still living out there, and I knew if I went back to your crib in Black Diamond, there that shit was gonna get sideways in a hurry, and it was well on its way to being sideways. Yeah. So that's I decided to go back and sleep in Toad's trailer, and that's when I found him passed out in front of his mm. trailer. Right? Did you yeah. see the video about of that or no? No, no, I didn't. I'll have to send you the video. Well, I went back to Toad's trailer, and uh, Toad had put in quite the shift to drinking red wine that night. Oh, yeah. So I go out to the trailer. And I mean, this is May in the foothills of Alberta. It's not warm out, right? It's about 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. Breeze is blowing, probably a brisk 5 degrees, probably. And I come around the corner and I see Toad's 
beautiful fiance standing outside the trailer. And I'm like, what the fuck? I think like, did he lock her out? And I, I had only met her that night. So I come walking around the corner and she's like, Oh my God, Trevor, I'm so happy to see you. And I'm like, what's going on? And I look down and there's just this big lump on the ground and old toady baby. He's laying on the grass with a blanket over him. And and his his fiance is like, you got to get him like he can't sleep out here. She's like, I've been trying to get him in the trailer for like two hours. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. let me let me see what I can do. So I go over and I like give him a kick and I'm like told. And he looks up. He's like, oh, hey, Coxie. I'm like, you can't I'm like, you can't sleep here. You got to get in the trailer. He's like, oh, OK. And he just jumps up, runs in the yeah. trailer. Right then he back. made he made a couple of escapes out of the trailer and i mean we won't get into that it was it was but i have a video of him he escaped from the trailer and i don't know where to this day i don't know where they came from but yeah. i couldn't find him and i walked around the other side of the trailer and here's toad he's sitting on the ground all he's got on is his boxers he's sitting on the ground and he's got these two puppies and they're crawling all over him they're licking his face they're kissing him he's they're wagging they're hitting him in the face but there's with their tails and shit and yeah no idea where these fucking dogs came from. Just a couple of res dogs, maybe. I don't know. And uh, yeah, we got towed back up and we got him into the trailer. So <laughs> quite stranger to sleeping outside. <laughs> oh, no, he is not. No, sir. If, if I recall, there was a time when I think it was you and Roland fucking had trouble finding your keys or something outside the Ramada. Oh, no, <laughs> that was the Super 8 Motel. Super 8? The Super 8. So... I've been I've tried to get Rolly to tell this story, but um, so that was the night we won the league. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so the stubble jumpers, we put in a gritty effort and uh, we won the Blackie men's league and we went back to Riley Merkley's house Yeah. and we drank and we smoked and we drank and we smoked and we drank and we smoked. And I, I fucking... I think I just said to Rolly, I'm like, I'm not sleeping here. We need to go get a hotel room. I think yeah. I had already called in sick, like to work for the next morning. Yeah. So we decided to go to the Super 8 motel. And we get a room. And in in the Super 8 high, in High River, you can pull up so you can go into your room from the parking lot or you can go in from, from the hallway, like inside the building. Right. Yeah. And I still, to this day, I don't know how he got out, but the next morning, I would like somebody's pounding on our door. It's like eight, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Somebody's just pounding on our door. So I'm like, "What the fuck?" So I get up out of bed and I go and I open the door, and this this guy just starts screaming at me. Oh, you think you're funny? You think you're funny? You're up partying all night. You starting your truck and honking the horn and banging on people's doors. You think you're fucking funny? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he turns around and his wife is standing behind him. And this guy's like, honey, honey, is this the guy? Is this the guy? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's him. That's the guy. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they're just giving me a tongue lash and like, you wouldn't believe. So I'm like, fuck you. And I just slam the fucking door. I get back into bed and I could just, so Rolly's in the bed next to me and I could just hear him giggling. So I sit up. I'm like, what the fuck are you giggling at? And he's like, oh man. 
So Rolly had got up in the middle of the night. We we still don't know why. But he sleepwalk. And yeah, whether he was sleepwalking, whether he just went to have a piss and got lost, nobody knows. He doesn't even know. But that's again, this is March in Alberta. And it's it's fucking cold outside. Somehow Rolly ends up out in the parking lot in his underwear. And he can't remember. He can't remember what room we're in. So he's banging on doors, right? And he's trying to get in and he's trying to get in. It's fucking three o'clock in the morning. It's minus 14 outside. And he's out there bare feet and his, and his fucking tidy whiteies. So he can't figure out what's going on. So then he, it clues into him that he, he had a key underneath his truck on the frame of his truck somewhere. So he crawls under his truck. He gets the key, finds the keys like, fuck. Yeah. He's like, I'll just start my truck. I'll turn the heater on. I'll just, I'll sleep in my truck. Right. Well, it was one of those keys. Like it didn't have the computer chip on it. So he could unlock his truck and he could start it, but then it would just shut off after like five seconds. Yeah. I guess he did that like 45 fucking times. So the lights would just keep coming on and they're shining right in this poor couple's window. And he's banging on the door and like, he's just no, no success here. So then he decides he's, he's like, well, I got my hockey equipment in the back of the truck. So he jumps in the back of his truck and he starts putting his fucking hockey equipment on. And I guess the guy in the front desk comes out for a smoke break or whatever. And he's like, Hey, are you locked out? Rolly's like, yeah, but I don't know what room I'm in. You know, like I, fucking wasted here and the guy's like yeah come with me so he takes Rolly into the lobby and he's like you guys literally just checked in like two hours ago here's your room key you know room room 111 or whatever so Rolly comes down the hallway now and he notices that he had gone out the hallway door and he was smart enough to throw the um like the The flipper the flipper so the door didn't close yeah yeah but he had no idea he'd done that. So here's the fucking door was wide open for the last hour that he's been banging on people's doors. So, so he's telling me this story. So here I am. I just get my ass chewed out by this lady for, no, and I had no fucking idea what was going on just because Rolly decided to fucking sleepwalk and take a piss out of the parking lot. Oh yeah. Oh, fuck. the good old days, Chad. I, I love the brilliant idea to, to warm up with the hockey gear on. Wow. That'd be pretty warm, eh? Like just after it'd be so it'd be frozen. Like what the fuck? Colder than fucking. But I guess I guess like if you got if you could get your socks on, right, and a jersey, it's better than nothing. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's true. Your desperate times call for desperate measures, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stories in my time out in Alberta. That's for sure. (laughs) So. But listen, we're gonna shut it down there, man. But you listen, you and I covered a lot of fucking ground. We had some laughs today. I uh, we're gonna great. have to. I got some more ideas as far as the oil field and stuff goes, and I've been mm-hmm. thinking of a little panel that I need to put together some night. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, get get you and the rest of the boys on, and and maybe you know maybe just have an episode with the three Hubbard brothers. You know, that'd be some good fucking banter for sure. Now here's a question for you. Um. I've always compared the Hubbard brothers to the three brothers from Legends of the Fall. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and it's always been a big argument over who who Tristan is. And now Roly Roly McFadden is a big, you know, he says that Bryce is Tristan. 
Yeah. Do you yeah. think that kind of rings true? Or what I do you think, think there? I think they got it bang on the way they did it. Really? Yeah. Jesse's more the fucking politician type. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. I mean Bryce fucking like whatever fucking season it season it is, he needs to be hunting something, whether it's fucking bear, fucking elk or fly whatever. Fishing. Yeah, like he he's just or, or just in, even scouting or something like in the old days hunting tail. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I think uh uh yeah. That poor Samuel getting caught up in that fucking wire though. I don't I don't like that. It, <laughs> if it were me, I would have fucking stormed the the gunner there and fucking yeah, yeah. Took, well, took hey, here, but... there's something we never we never talked about at the time you broke your neck. Oh yeah, you know, fuck, might have been the best thing to ever happen to me. Come on, <laughs> it was a tiny little fracture. It wasn't that bad, and uh, and because and uh, I got How a did nice it little, happen again. I forget. Nice little inch- Insurance payment out of it. Oh, there we go. I knew there was. I knew there was something. Fuck. Of course, I get it now. Yeah, but anyways, it was. uh, It was after a golf game, and it was me and fucking Normie. Fucking Mm -hmm. God rest his soul. Absolutely. Yep. Um, And we were coming home, and we fuck coming down like the Blackie Road towards Mike's fucking house. We're going to Mike for a couple more, and I was like, I was going back to work for my second fucking hitch with new park at the time. Right. And so we come over this hill, hit this fucking nasty washboard. He's swinging bolt fish tailing and, uh, his tires hit this, hit the ditch and it's super soft and we fucking roll. Like, right. I don't even know that was too fucked up. But anyway, so we get out of there and then, uh, yeah, Mike comes to fucking comes back because he's thinking, where the fuck are these guys? Yeah. Finds us rolled on there. And uh we were able to fucking somehow the fucking vehicle drove back to Mike's house. And uh oh, it got flipped yeah. over, flipped yeah. over, and then we drove it back to Mike's house. Yeah. And then uh and I was walking around doing whatever. And then Jessica, Mike's well, Mike's lady, who's a fucking nurse, she's thinking like uh, like these guys are these guys fucked up and she starts asking me questions like when's your birthday and i'm like uh fuck i, I don't like fucking january it's like august 6th <laughs> i have no fucking idea <laughs> and so and then she's like where where are you guys coming from i'm like i don't fucking i don't know she's like you better go to the fucking hospital so go to the hospital and then uh, get fucking x-rays and they find the tiny little fracture on like ah, fucking whatever c4 or something yeah and then uh so i get put on a spine spine board and sent to fucking calgary spine boards are the worst and then uh and then i gotta it's it's like june fucking 20th and then i gotta wear a fucking neck brace for the next three months i remember going to an okotoks dogs game with you and you had the neck brace on (laughs) it yeah it was the best it was the best (laughs) fucking look couldn't see my fucking couldn't see nothing like i remember like even i think i don't think you were supposed to be but you were having a beer and even trying to like drink yeah. the beer you yeah. had to like part <laughs> your whole fucking body back it was yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was fucking brutal but it was worth it it was fucking a little down payment later on in life so i Fuck. guess so i i forgot about you breaking <laughs> your neck fuck that's i mean you shouldn't laugh at people who break their neck but no it's I all don't good know. now like 
you know what else you shouldn't laugh at? And I know we said we were going to wrap this up, but, and I've told this story to my buddies at home too, is you shouldn't laugh at guys that fucking blow their hands off with oh, either. Yeah. Do you want to, can you, do you think it's okay if you tell that story? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking absolutely. I fucking tell everybody that story. Uh, so, so Mike, <laughs> the guy whose house I went back to my best friend, uh, he fucking lost his hand in a very unfortunate pipe bomb accident. <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking just blowing up the side of a ditch one day and he'd, he'd done it before. Normal Maybe, things in Blackie, Alberta, by the yeah, way, Bl- yeah. blowing up ditches for fun. Yeah. So basically you have a threaded pipe and it's threaded on both ends and he's got caps like, I don't know. He's in fucking, like, production oil field stuff. So he gets his shit. <laughs> and so he's he's oh, fucking got all these fireworks, and he's fucking hollowed them all out, and he's put all the fireworks powder in this fucking steel pipe. And so it's right full of fucking firework powder, and then he <laughs> screws on each end, and there's a hole that he previously drilled in the fucking pipe, and there's right. a wick sticking out of there. Yeah. But it's like a fucking, so you're, like a fucking you're run of, fucking hole. Run of the mill pipe bomb. Yeah. Yeah. You're run of the mill fucking <laughs> Taliban fucking grade <laughs> pipe bomb. And so he goes to fucking, he's holding the pipe bomb in his left hand. He's got a lighter in his right. He goes to light it. And you know, sometimes there's that little fucking flick of light that comes off the lighter, the little flint or whatever. Yeah. And this spark goes directly in that fucking hole. Oh, shit. And it shoots right in there and it fucking instantly explodes. And it fucking blew his hand off. And fucking, I wasn't there, but he fucking grabbed his wrist and squeezed as hard as he could and then was like, fuck. We got. <laughs> we anyway, gotta go to the, to the hospital, and they couldn't fucking couldn't put it back together. So, who was there with them? Parks was there, and uh, Siona. Siona was probably there. Yeah. <laughs> there's fucking some fucking good. Boy. Yeah, there's some good times <laughs> at that. I mean, guys breaking their necks, guys blowing their hands off, guys doing naked yeah. egg stands. I mean. Yeah. Right, yeah. there's some good times at the old Weeks Ranch there. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. You remember the fucking? Do you remember the chickens out there? No. Oh, see, I um, because I didn't. I mean, I knew who all you guys were, and we hung out at hockey and stuff. But I was locked down out there for a while. Right, I right. was in love. Right, I was yeah. in love for a while, and I didn't yeah. do much hanging out with the boys. But but once uh. Once me and the missus out there parted ways, it was I fucking floored it for a couple of yeah. years there. With, you had with, some fucking time to make up. With you young bucks, because I was like yeah. the oldest one of the bunch. Me yeah. and then yeah. and then you'd never know it. Oh no, you would not. I guess Jesse, Jesse's just a year younger than me, I guess. But yeah. Um yeah, you guys used to pick on me for fucking I remember you used making fun <laughs> of me going home to have my metamucil. <laughs> fucking shit like that. But uh, no, I don't remember the chickens. I just yeah, remember the couple house parties out there and yeah, guys yeah. blowing their hands off and breaking their necks and shit. <laughs> yeah. 
And when Dave I have my didn't, neck brace on. The D-man rode, a, rode his Escalade off down that road too, didn't he? On his way yeah. home from a men's league game? I think he's rode off probably five Escalades. Vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but that but, little fucking chicken, uh, a lot of the boys will remember. It was little Jerry, a little black fucking mean thing. Uh-huh. And he had me fucking on the run when I was in my fucking neck brace the one day. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> he was coming for blood. And I was trying to kick him away, and I just fucking... With he knew I was fucking wounded, the little bastard. He smelled blood. Yeah. That's what it was. He smelled yeah. blood, little yeah. Jerry. You know what? I remember hearing that story, but I wasn't there for it. That's for sure. Yeah. So, well, listen, we're going to cut it off there. We've had some laughs. It's always good to get caught up with you, Cheds. I don't... Uh, I, I got to get back out there more often. And it's, you know, it's amazing... Like I said, I spent, I, I think I came out and watched an NHL draft with you one night when you were at home with your broken neck, the, the year, yeah. the flames drafted Sam Bennett to be exact, Oh yeah, actually, yeah. but some good times out there at the bar down ranch. And when McFadden was telling me that, you know, you guys are all kind of hunkered down and you're all daddies now. And it's just like, yeah. didn't fucking yeah. see that Fuck. one coming. Shit's changed for sure. Yeah, but it's it looks good on you. Looks you got two little girls now? Two now, yeah. Yeah. The other one's eight months old, little Josie. So what's Bryce's daughter's name? Uh Sadie. 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 Okay. See, for some reason I thought Bryce's daughter's name was Josie. No, no. But that's yours. That's my that's my boy. Well, well, good on you guys. Good on you guys. You've all done very well for yourself. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It was it was a blast. I'm sure the people are going to love it. I'm sure I'm sure you'll be back on someday. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thanks, <laughs> oh, thanks. We'll talk soon, buddy. You bet. So there you go. That was good buddy Reese Hubbard. And listen, sometimes I told you, I've told you before, sometimes I like to get people on the podcast here that, that are just fun for me to talk to. Right? Sometimes, you know, not going to lie. Sometimes I think, fuck the listeners. There's a, there's somebody Coxie wants to talk to. There's somebody Coxie thinks has some stories to tell. So let's get them on. So that was a lot of fun. We had some beers. We had some laughs. And, uh, you know, don't don't mind saying it. Old Ched's there. That's just one of those guys that you don't get to see often enough. Good Alberta boy. He's, he's going to be a, a longtime Alberta friend, a forever friend. Forever friend. Isn't that cute? And, uh, yeah, that was a blast. So. So listen, I'm uh, going to change gears here a little bit. Uh, something I want to do to discuss. Uh, just just send some words out. Um, tragic accident in the community earlier this week. Uh, young 16-year-old Aiden Holshoff was killed in a traffic accident and uh, hits, hits pretty close to home. And uh, I just wanted to take the opportunity, you know, Aiden, um, to say a few words about Aiden. Aiden was a strong supporter, a loyal supporter of the Cox Talks podcast. Never, never missed an episode. Always, always got a good chuckle out of the shit that I was spewing over this microphone. Used to listen to the to the podcast while he was out running tractor. The odd time he'd throw it on when he was in the pickup truck with his dad. And I know his dad real well and they'd have some laughs. And I'm pretty sure the fucking kid was smart enough not to play the podcast around his mother because his mother hasn't, you know, sought me out to fucking strangle me yet so that's a good thing and the reason I say that is because if there were listen if there was one thing Aiden was it was a sponge that guy just took in all the information he could ever get out of anybody and he just ran with it you know put it put it to use in his everyday life 
um, the agriculture community here locally, we, we lost a good one. You know, we, we lost it. Listen, 16 years old or not, um, that kid's passion and his joy and his, you know, his want, his want for the agriculture. All he wanted to do was grow up and be a farmer. And it's just, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's tragic that that didn't get to happen. But what I will say is, um, you know, Aiden was a, a very trusted, a very smart a very uh, conscientious equipment operator here in the area. He he worked for my next door neighbors here. Uh, he ran big square square baler. He cut hay. He ran the the silage bag. You name it, Aiden could do it. There was nothing nothing he wouldn't take on as a challenge. He loved the challenge, and um, you know what he he excelled in everything he did around the farm. He was a tough as nails little hockey player. I I don't think he'd played hockey through COVID because you know what the kid saved up enough money through working and with, with his dad and working for other people that he went out and bought himself a, a sled, and he bought himself a dirt bike. And uh, I think he'd given up playing hockey, which was fine. But from what I understand, he was a little savage out there on the ice, which you know uh, is after my own heart, of course. So. Um, I mean, listen, a couple things. I know Aiden's uncle bought him a Cox Talks podcast hat and kind of as a joke had me autograph it for him. And uh, just, you know, in kind of a way to, to poke some fun at Aiden. If you knew Aiden, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that the little fucker, he was always up to something. And he always had that great big shit-eating fucking grin on his face. And you knew he either had something to say to you or you knew he was up to something. He, some way, shape, or form, that little bastard was going to get the better of you, and 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 he would he wouldn't quit trying until he got the better of you. One of the things I liked about Aiden the most was for for being sixteen years old, that kid could go toe to toe with anybody in the chirp department. He would sit there and he would chirp at you all day long. It was all in good fun. It was all in good fun. But you knew, you know what? If he did cross that line and he was told that enough was enough, he was smart enough to just button it up. And you know what? That's uh, that's something that a lot of kids, I'll tell you what, a lot, a lot of kids don't understand that these days. A lot of kids have never been slapped in the mouth, and it shows. A um, couple stories about Aiden. I remember I was driving down the road one day, and, and he was out front of their farm cutting the grass, and he was going the same direction as me on his lawnmower, so he didn't see me coming, and I had the tractor and I was going by their place, and I laid on the horn right when I got about fucking <laughs> right beside him on the lawnmower. And I, yeah, listen, I'm not gonna lie, I did feel a little bit bad, but seeing that little bastard jump about four feet off the fucking seat of the lawnmower, all red in the face, and didn't know what the fuck was going on, I scared him shitless. And I, listen, I'm gonna be honest and say that might be the only time I got one over on uh, on Aiden for sure. Uh, like I said, loved his agriculture. That kid would go home and research tractors. He could, didn't matter if he spent 10 minutes, 10 hours or 10 days on a tractor. He knew that tractor inside out engine size, engine displacement, tire size, weight, horsepower, you, you name it. He knew it. He could go out and research. I know, um, back to the family that he worked for, you know, they had a breakdown one day and they came and they got our equipment to finish cutting hay and, and Aiden got to run our tractor and he jumped on the tractor and he took off out the driveway, big, just, you know, smiling away. It was something new to him. He'd never drove that. He'd never drove a tractor like that before. So he spent all day, most of the day cutting hay out there. And about a day and a half later, his dad called me and his dad says, well, thanks a lot for that. And I said, well, what are you talking about, Brian? Like I haven't, 
that uh, didn't do anything. He's like, well, fucking Aiden, yeah, he, he drove that 2955 yours all day, and he comes home and tells me I got to go find a 2955 to buy for him. So that's, like I said, that's just the... That's just the way it was with Aiden, and, and finally, you know, the, the last time I saw Aiden was actually at the Uxbridge tractor pull, and again, I don't mind saying, he spanked my bare little bum down the track, and that's okay, that's okay, and I was walking by Aiden at the end of the night, and uh, he leans over, he says, fucking kicked your ass, Coxie, and I'm like, oh, fuck yourself, you little prick, but it was all in good fun, it was just Aiden and I, listen, um, like I said, the kid was only 16 years old, but I loved bumping into him. I loved seeing him because it was just going to turn in to a verbal jousting fest. We would just go back and forth at one another for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it took. We were just always ribbing each other, giving each other a hard time, and it was always a lot of fun. You always left you always left laughing, that's for sure. So um, to Aiden's young buddies out there, I know I got a lot of you guys that listen to the podcast, and, and I want you guys to just remember that, you know, 16 years obviously isn't long enough. It's gone way too soon, but in 16 years, you guys, you know, you guys got a lifetime of memories with that young young fellow, and, uh, you know, I watched you guys uh, <laughs> terrorize the fucking neighborhood, and I, and I mean that in the most respectful way. You guys never hurt. You guys aren't hurting anybody. You're not bothering anybody. You're not out destroying people's land, but... I watched you guys have a lot of fun, you know, buzzing around on your sleds all winter and buzzing around on your dirt bikes all winter. And those are memories that a lot of kids don't get to make. A lot of a lot of adults don't get to make those memories with their friends either. So, you know, cherish those moments. Like I said, you guys are very, 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 very fortunate in, in the things that you guys got to see and do together at such a young age. And and don't, um, you know, don't take it for granted and don't ever forget it. That's for sure. I know Aiden and his uh, his, his young buddy Ganton there. I, I think they used to just buzz around the the neighborhood, the the the, the region, the province for that matter, and they'd just be out on their bikes looking for a cloud of dust. Because if there was a cloud of dust, that meant somebody was farming, and if somebody was farming, that meant they might to get a, to drive a piece of equipment they'd never drove before. It it wouldn't be unlike those two fucking donkeys to slide in and. Next thing you know, they're running the guy's combine and they're running his grain buggy and the owner of all the equipments, you know, is, is at home having supper or whatever. And that's just fine. That's just fine. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So to Aiden's parents, you guys did a bang up job with that young fellow, that young individual. You know, he was heavily involved in 4-H, always quick to volunteer, always quick to lend a hand, help out, you know, somebody in need, a, a farmer or, or just a neighbor, a friend, whatever. He, he was always there. And he was always there with that big fucking smile on his face again. And that's that's uh, that's what I remember most about Aiden is you could walk into a room or, or an auction barn or, or a Jack and Jill or the hockey arena or whatever. And you'd see him standing there, hands in his pockets with this big stupid grin. And you didn't know, you didn't fucking know whether you should go over and choke him, kick him in the nuts or give him a big hug. It was just, that was the type of kid. <laughs> He was, but I'll tell you what, it didn't matter what you went over and did to him. He'd have a laugh and he'd have a big smile on his face and, and it wouldn't change his day one bit. He was, um, he lived his life literally a hundred smiles an hour. And that's something that we're, that we're never going to forget. So Aiden, I know, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for always listening to the podcast. Thanks for being a strong supporter. You, you always had something to say. You always wanted to talk to me about the podcast or farming. You always, you and I love talking farming together and we talked about hockey and so on and so forth. And 
listen, buddy, just, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're never going to be forgotten. Just look down on everybody and, you know, take care of your mom and your dad and your brother and your sister and, and take care of your group of buddies there and all your friends. And, uh, we're, we're going to miss you little buddy. We're, we're going to miss that smile for sure. And, uh, listen, we'll, um, we'll see you when we see you. Soundstripe.